Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Journey Through Sonship podcast. I am Calvin Calhoun Jr., and we are taping this live from St. Croix, the U.S. Virgin Islands. And we want to continue talking about building God's house. But today, what we want to do is what is the structure? What is the uh, framework for that supports the father son wineskin? What's the framework that supports that? Well, when we look at the scriptures, we have to understand that God, what he does is he puts an earthly representation of a heavenly reality in the earth. Okay, he puts an earthly representation of a heavenly reality in the church. I'm going to read Romans chapter 1 just to give you an understanding of what that means. Romans chapter 1 verse 20 says this. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Meaning this, that to understand the things of God, God has made the earth a type and shadow uh, full of symbols and things that represent him, his eternal attributes and things that we are without excuse that what God exists. Okay, so what does so what does the father son wineskin look like in the earth? Okay, what does that look like in the earth? Well, in order to understand that, so that we make sure that we're building accurately on the house of God, we need to look at the representation of the house of God in the earth, and that would be natural Israel. We must look at natural. Israel. All right, so everybody turn with me to a, a, one of the least read books in the Bible, I believe, and that's the uh, book of Numbers, the book of Numbers, okay? Let's look at Numbers chapter 1, okay? All right, Numbers chapter 1, I'm getting there right now, and it says this, And the Lord spake unto Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, in the tabernacle of the congregation, on the first day of the second month in the second year after they were come out of the land of Egypt saying take ye the sum of all the congregation of the children of Israel after their families by the house of their fathers with the numbers of their names every male by their poles so what how does God want Israel to be structured Okay, this is before he made them a nation now. The first thing he establishes when he's getting ready to move them, when they're getting ready to address the enemy, before they do anything, he says, take the sum of the congregation, and the way you order them is after their families, by the houses of their fathers. We know that natural Israel was structured in this manner. It was structured as individual families. Individual families come together to make households. Multiple households come together to make clans and multiple clans come together to make tribes okay that is the structure of natural israel okay so let's take a look at what the lord tells uh moses to do in numbers chapter two it says this moses chapter uh not, not moses chapter two numbers chapter two verse number one it says and lord spake unto moses and unto aaron saying Every man of the children of Israel shall, shall pitch his own standard with the sign of their father's house far off about the congregation to the congregation shall they pitch. Okay, so God strategically is placing uh, the nation of Israel in a particular arrangement and a particular 
order. This is very, very important. So please, I hope you follow along with me. Uh, I'm not going to read all of Numbers chapter 2, but I want you to see something very special here in Numbers chapter 2. It says this, the first one said, to the east side, verse number 3, to the east side towards the rising of the sun shall they set the standard of the camp of Judah. Judah was to the east. With Judah in verse number five, you have Issachar, and then you have verse seven, the tribe of Zebulun. So you had Judah, Zebulun, and Issachar to the east. Then to the south, you had Reuben. And with Reuben, you had Simeon in verse 12, and then you had the tribe of Gad in, in verse 14. And then you had to the west side, you had Ephraim. Okay, this is very important because it's not the tribe of Joseph. Joseph had two sons, one named Ephraim, one named Manasseh, and Jacob laid his hands upon Ephraim to receive the blessing. And so even though Ephraim was the youngest of the two, I, yeah, I believe Ephraim was the youngest of the two, he received the blessing, so he received his allotment. All right, so Ephraim encamps, and with Ephraim, you have his brother Manasseh and the tribe of Benjamin. They are to the west side, but they're headed by Ephraim. And then to the north, you would have Dan, and under the tribe of Dan, you have the tribe of Asher in verse number 27, and the tribe of Naphtali, which is 29. So you have four leading tribes, okay? And we know if you talk about to the, to the north, to the east, to the west, to the south, you ask the nation of Israel forms a cross, okay? But that's not the amazing thing about that whole <laughs> arrangement, okay? If we look at this, the four tribes that was named was Judah was the head to the uh, to the east, Reuben to the south, uh, Ephraim to the west, and Dan to the north. The side of the tribe of Judah was a lion. Okay, it was a lion. The tribe of Reuben's side was the face of a man. The tribe of Ephraim to the west, the sign of the tribe of Ephraim was an ox. And the tribe of Dan, his sign was the sign of an eagle. Why do I point that out? Because these are the four creatures listed in Revelation that represents the corporate body of Christ. Israel, natural Israel, was arranged under the four signs of the four spirits that represent the corporate body of Christ. The lion represents the spirit of the ruler within the corporate son, the spirit of the ruler. The ox represents the steadfastness, the unmovable nature of the sons of God. Uh, the face of a man means is uh, the, uh, the body that's raised up. It's the face that you see in the earth, raised up, but dwells in heaven. And then we know also that um, the eagle represents the prophetic. Okay, it represents the prophetic. So, these it, natural Israel was arranged by their families, under the households of their fathers, under the four signs of the four living creatures of Revelation, which represent, which represent the corporate body of Christ. So the structure of God's house is father, son, but it's under the households of the governance, the governance of fathers. Let me say it one more time. 
is under the governance of fathers. Everybody take a quick look at Hebrews chapter 1. Let me explain that, okay? Hebrews chapter 1 says this, chapter 1 verse 1, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke in time, in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Who did he speak to? The fathers. Because households are governed by fathers. If you want to continue looking a little bit deeper into that, Israel was raised by the house of their fathers. Let's take a look at Malachi chapter 4. Now, we talk about Malachi being the last Old Testament prophet. Well, I'm sorry, Malachi has a the last Testament Old Testament prophecy. Okay, last Old Testament prophecy. And it says, Malachi chapter 4, verse 5 through 6, it says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Do you see that? That that is the last Old Testament prophecy. We know this would come into fulfillment when John the Baptist would come because the angel would give this exact prophecy to Zacharias, who was his father. And the purpose, the purpose the angel adds to it says that he shall make ready a people prepared for the Lord. How does he make ready a people prepared for the Lord? He structures them. He says he turns the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children's back to the fathers. Do we see that? That is so important that God continuously kept the picture of the fathers being the governors, being the, the leaders of households. Okay, that's God's order. That's his order. That's what he wants. Is there no wonder? Why Satan comes to do what? Destroy the family. But the way he destroys the family is by taking the fathers out of play. How? Through distractions, through the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, through trauma, through past hurts, through neglect. I mean, there's so many different ways that he takes. But his goal was to decapitate families by taking away fathers. And natural Israel understood the importance of fathers. They knew the importance of fathers. That's why God said, number them. You must have a father over a household. You must have that. Why? Because it brings balance. It brings balance. It doesn't minimize the role of the woman. No, the woman has a significant role to the house of God. But when we're talking about the structure and the framework of natural Israel, and we're saying natural Israel is a type and shadow of the body of Christ, then the framework and the structure of natural Israel, which is uh, families and households, clans and tribes governed by fathers, then what do we think the church, the body of Christ, the structure and the framework needs to be? Why? Because God says, I shall be their God, I shall be their father, and they shall be my son. He says, I call Israel my son. So then the structure, how can we see a, a, a heavenly reality in the earth is that the structure that, that God has established in the earth, it mimics the eternal reality of what is done eternally. So it's very important for us to understand that when we're talking about the framework of the body of Christ, looking, there's nothing wrong with looking at natural Israel. 
because natural Israel was given some wonderful understandings to what Christ would come to do. Okay, the Bible says that the scepter should not leave Judah, and it did not. Remember, Saul was sitting on the throne, but Saul was a Benjamite. Eventually, the, the scepter would have to come to what? To the tribe of Judah. Why? Because the, the lineage that would come out of David would be a royal priesthood. Christ is both king and priest. And those who are born in Christ, those who are born again, are of a royal priesthood. That's why we said we are sons, because God is our heavenly father. But the disconnect then becomes, how do we mature sons in the body of Christ? Go back to natural Israel if you want to. You can stick with the type and shadow till the truth is revealed. The truth is, it was father's responsibility. It says, father's provoke, raise your children up in the nurture and admonition. It was the father's responsibility to care for their households. When it came for Passover, it was the father's responsibility to select out the male lamb, to, to bring him in and to... Uh, kill it. It was the father's responsibility to carry that job out it for his household to protect them from when the judgment that God would send through the death angel. Did you ever think, and this is funny, I thought about this, is that when Jesus, before Jesus was born, before his birth, uh, uh, Caesar sent out a, a decree that every man must return to the, the house or the land of his father's to be taxed and to be counted, a census to be done, to be counted. And what did they do? All of Israel had to go to the land of their fathers. Before Jesus was born, everybody had to be in the house of their fathers. That's what natural Israel had to do. Now, what, what you intended for evil, what, of course, Caesar intended for evil, God made good because it actually structured the nation and prepared the nation for the coming of the Messiah. And so before Jesus came, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. The word Bethlehem means what? House of bread. He is the bread that comes from heaven. But all of Israel was in their father's house when the Lord was born. What do you think would happen on the Lord's return? What do you think the structure of the house of God should be? Yeah, I know it goes against tradition. It goes against religion. But how does God want his body structured? How does he want his house built? The way that the nation of Israel continued to grow is transgenerationally. Transgenerationally. Father, son, father, son, father, son, father, son. That's why when you go look at that book of Numbers... <laughs> Why do you see all those genealogies? Why do you think in the book of Matthew there's a whole genealogy? Why do you think in Luke there's genealogies, numbers, genealogies, Deuteronomy, genealogies? Why? Because God always intended to keep the wineskin and the understanding of father, son through time. That was just, that's what he was keeping. So that when Christ would come and Christ would say, in this manner should you pray, our Father, which art in heaven. Our Father, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. 
Why? Because he wants you to keep in mind that we are sons. He is our heavenly father. And the way that this holy nation will be structured, it will be structured in the same manner of households governed by fathers. So may God bless you. This is very important that you stay with us because when we start getting into the structure of the church in the next message, we're going to go and we're going to kick against a lot of, you know, bricks all over the place. But the key thing is, is that we're maturing sons in the way that the father wants to mature. So may God bless you till we meet again on the Journey Through Sonship podcast.